Hey everyone, welcome to DarkCast Interviews. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. DCI is a long-form interview podcast where we talk to game creators about who they are and their work behind the scenes, as well as, obviously, their recent or upcoming video games. This is our second episode in our mini-series talking to streamers, and in this episode I talk to Chris Strickland, also known as Fireborn, who is a variety streamer on Twitch, playing a number of different games, and who is also a tattoo artist. For more information about his streams or links to his Instagram and Twitter, you can find all that in the show notes for this episode on darkstation.com. There you can also find the original Darkcast, as well as other video game reviews, previews, and features. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at darkstation underscore com, find us on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, and email us at podcast at darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Before this episode gets started, I want to make a quick apology. I'm going to place this message at the beginning of episodes 38, 39, and 40. It's been a while since there's been a DCI episode, not because it's been a while since I've interviewed anybody, but it's been a while since I've actually published one of these interviews, and I don't have a good excuse for that. So first of all, apologies to any listeners that enjoy this. Um, and apologies to the, the fine folks that I have had the pleasure to speak with, whether it be about video games or streaming. 2020 has been a hell of a year, and we're only just over halfway through it. Unfortunately, beyond all of the issues that we faced with the coronavirus, with police brutality, with all the things that are going on with beloved actors passing away. My, my hope has always been that this podcast would be interesting to find out information about new and upcoming video games and, and to provide a kind of reprieve from the world because, especially as this year has shown us, it's a mad world out there. Um, and I have succumbed to it in in many ways this year. It's been very difficult to get these episodes together because to a large extent video games don't feel like they matter right now with all that's going on and if I'm being perfectly honest instead of being productive in writing reviews or getting these podcasts that I've done the actual interview for Um, Instead of getting those out for other people to potentially enjoy, I sit at my desk and I I play video games a lot and mindlessly watch movies and TV, trying, even though, even though it feels like doing this doesn't matter compared to everything going on in the world, more or less I try to shield myself from everything that's going on in the world with entertaining stories and engaging combat and 
I'm not even saying that I'm going to be better about getting podcasts out for the rest of this year. I hope I will. But I am apologizing for doing a piss poor job so far. And I'm saying that I will try. But I'm also just saying that if you found 2020 to be more difficult and you're not even one of the... If you haven't actually caught corona, if you haven't if you haven't been affected by police brutality, if it just feels like the plight of the world is too much for you to bear, you're not alone. We're all going through this together. And I want to thank each and every person that has ever downloaded an episode of Dark Cast Interviews and, and listened to me uh, fumble my way through interviews as I as I talk to talented men and women that have and continue to make amazing video games. Thank you for indulging me. Thank you for listening to Dark Cast Interviews. Hey everybody and welcome back to Darkcast Interviews. I'm Jonathan Miley and this is our second, I guess, in our series of uh, interviews with streamers. And joining me today is Chris Strickland. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing wonderful. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. This is, uh, these are interesting. This is like very out of my element. I've, I've been doing game interviews for quite some time and I have a nice format on my Google Docs and it's like, that does not translate to people that, you know, play video games instead of make video <laughs> games. Yeah, uh, yeah. So these, this is, it's like the Wild West, except not really, but uh, it's fun. So I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm glad that you could be here. Welcome to the show. Um, I guess, to, you know, just to get started, uh, who who are you? That, that usually is a good place to, to start. Who am I? I am a extremely talkative online chat-based streamer who focuses highly on first-person shooters, chat-based interaction, and a ton of charity streaming. Fantastic. Okay, so I, I am not, and this is something that people will hear a lot as I do these interviews, I'm not big into streaming, um, so there may be things that I just don't understand, such as chat-based streaming. What is that versus another form of streaming? Well, there are a multitude of very wonderful skill-based streamers. Their entire premise is to do the craziest skill-based gameplay that you'll ever see. Gotcha. Okay. I occasionally can do that, but majority of the time, my focus is to interact with my community while streaming a game that they're interested in. Gotcha. So I, I spend more time talking with them about their days and their dreams and what they've eaten for the day and what they want to play and uh, about the game and how they could get better at it and what they could do just with their day. And so it's, it's more of a moment to get to know and create a better relationship with my community. Okay. So yeah, in, in my head, I'm thinking something like super technical that you never talk to any of your streamers, you always respond in chat or something like that. So that's why oh, gotcha. it, it's good to ask questions. Uh, you don't know oh, great. unless you yeah. ask. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, I, I grew up playing video games, obviously, as a lot of people nowadays did. 
And oh, yeah. I was really terrible as a young child at video games. I'm still not great, but I was really right. terrible. And so I would hand the controller, I would get however far I could on my own merit, and then hand the controller to my older siblings and then watch them play video games. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So from that perspective, it's not foreign to me, but uh, I guess just ever since I've been an adult and could buy my own video games, um, then it's like, why, why would I want to watch somebody play video games? But at the same time, I also do understand because uh, when Giant Bomb uh, got huge, or as huge as Giant Bomb has gotten, I don't, I don't know, right. I actually haven't paid attention to that website in a while. I'm sorry. Uh, rest in peace, Ryan <laughs> Davis. Um, but uh, when they started doing their quick looks, you know, it was like you were sort of there to watch the gameplay and, you know, get a, a good idea of the game. And then you were also just kind of there to listen to a bunch of friends make fun of each other and, you know, make jokes or, or whatever. Um, oh yeah. So the the personality side of it, and kind of I guess you know you talking about the the chat side of it, and interacting with people, uh, makes mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense. Um, do you watch other streamers? Oh, I watch a lot of streamers. Okay. Uh, it's do you watch what streamers while you stream? Uh, I will occasionally. I'll occasionally have some of my friends up on the far side to see what they're doing. Whether it's I'm either playing with them or they're just playing games I enjoy to watch and so sometimes yeah I have I have five monitors in front of me right now as we speak uh four of them are dedicated to what I'm doing on the stream at any given time and then the fifth one is for adding extra stuff and occasionally that is some of my friends streaming at the moment nice Okay. Yeah. I feel very inadequate now. I have two monitors and a small TV on in you don't, front of me. <laughs> you don't need all this. This is too much for me, and I still, I'm, I'm still like, I need three more. Like, it's just a power trip. I'm just trying to collect all the rings. Trying, just, it's, it's not good. The monitor gauntlet. It will be yours. Yes. Snap your fingers, and uh, any game will just be instantly played. Exactly. Um, so it, I'm, I'm guessing, like, do, do they just go in a circle? Like, will eventually you just be surrounded? by monitors is that the the end game here well right now right now it's five like horizontally across the line with uh three of them vertical two of them horizontal but they all just like one in the middle two on each side after that we're just going to start building up it's just going to be like okay. a great wall of monitors <laughs> yeah if, if you go any further horizontally i feel like you would need to get one of those uh the ladders in like old libraries so that yeah. you could just slide across your desk from side to side because you you couldn't see all the monitors at one time so you would just That's have fair, to constantly yeah. go back and forth i'm uh, gonna get a ron swanson desk uh, and just yeah just spin in circles, spin in circles. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic speaking of ron swanson did you watch the uh parks and rec special that came out uh couple weeks ago, a month ago now? I don't remember when that happened. Feels no, it could have been like I didn't a year hear anything ago. about it. Really? Uh, no. It was really good. It uh, They filmed it uh, during the whole craziness that is going on right now with lockdowns and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, it they decided they never planned on coming back, but apparently uh, the idea of coming back and filming an episode that like its main purpose was to um, raise money and awareness for the, the situation uh, they decided okay. it would be a good idea. So they filmed everything at, like, people's homes with, I, I assume, uh, phones and stuff. I'm, I'm not actually sure the logistics of it. But basically the, the premise of it is that Leslie Nope um, is checking in on everybody. That it's, it's like, it, it's taking place today. So the coronavirus okay. is uh, outbroken, and um, she's doing a phone tree where they all talk to each other. Um, via like video chat basically 
Uh, and so there's really no plot. It's just them kind of talking. And it's it's just a really nice, like, little, oh, yeah, those I care about those people. And, yeah, Ron Swanson would have two years' worth of venison jerky stored up. That makes sense. Of course. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And um, all of his money buried in his yard. Right. <laughs> and the, uh, you know, the bacon or whatever hidden in the ceiling. Oh, uh, all the bacon. Course. Yeah. Um, all of it. But, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, I, I would recommend it. I think it's on Hulu. Um it's good stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's I'm about other it. Place. Probably other places. I, I have no idea. Um, but uh, I had a thought that would have made more sense than to tangenting into that before I started saying that, and I, I forgot okay. what it was. So we'll just move <laughs> on. Uh, so how, how did you get into streaming video games? It was mostly accidental. Uh, I, at the time, I well, I still am a tattoo artist. So I tattoo during the day and I stream in my evenings and I've always played video games since before I even really have memories of not playing video games. I've been playing video games. Mm. Um, I was about four or five even playing video games at the time, but I've been doing it my entire life. And so I would go to the tattoo shop, tattoo, come home, play video games I played a ton of Battlefield titles. I played Battlefield Bad Company 2, Battlefield 3. Uh, Battlefield 4 was coming out, and we were playing the beta, and I played a ton of it. And it turned out that when the game actually actually released, I was the number one marksman rifle user in the world. And so, Yeah, and so I was just playing for fun and chasing a leaderboard when one of my friends suggested I started streaming. And after enough time watching on the on the website, I decided I'd give it a shot. And so I've been doing it for about five years now since then. Cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so you said that you specialize in uh, first-person shooters and stuff like that. So I'm sure we'll yep. talk about that in a little bit. Uh, I do want to hear more about your your day job, uh, tattoo artist. That doesn't yep. that's not something that you normally hear with video games, or maybe you do because you would obviously have a, a different circle than i do <laughs> actually there's not a lot of us okay uh but um actually i honestly i don't know a whole lot about tattoo artists so uh do you okay. specialize in anything do you have your own parlor do you work for a company like how, how does all that work i specialize in not messing up your tattoos okay that, um, that's good that's good <laughs> uh, i that sounds like that's the way to go oh yeah it's, it's it's probably the best thing you can do now i do i do a lot of Pretty much anything. I have been fortunate enough to work around enough versatile artists to where I've learned how to pretty much get anything someone wants done. And if I can't, if it's something that I don't feel comfortable with, I work with about seven other artists in the shop that I can definitely push them in the right direction of getting with the person who's going to provide them the best of that style. So that's generally what we do is we work together with a lot of different artists to try to make sure that each person that's going to be best at whatever they're going to be doing is going to be the one doing it. I work in Knoxville, Tennessee at a shop called Ambition Tattoo. Uh, we are right now, I think, square foot wise, the largest uh, tattoo shop in Knoxville. And we're also the shop that puts on um, multiple tattoo conventions for the area and surrounding states. So we are one of the top go to uh tattoo shops in the area specifically just for our notoriety if nothing else people just generally tend to like us (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's really cool um 
with having that many kind of artists in the the shop, do you ever have multiple people working on one tattoo? Is that a we, thing? We we have done it a few times. It's it's pretty rare as most of, most of the time when someone's getting tattooed, you know, you have the point when you're getting tattooed and the breaks in between getting tattooed, like mm-hmm. when the artist is about to clean them down or needs more ink for the machine and things like that. Um, there's a lot of breaks. Well, when you get to adding more people into a, into one tattoo, there there are no breaks. And mm. people people realize quickly how low of a tolerance they have for getting stabbed at. <laughs> it adds up very quickly. So uh, we, we've done it about, I've seen it about three different times in my career, um, me being part of one of them. And people generally are just not a fan of getting tattooed <laughs> by multiple people at once. That's pretty funny. Um, nice. That's cool. Uh, how yeah. long have you been, uh, tattooing? I have been tattooing for 12 years. It'll be almost 13 in June. Fantastic. Yeah. So. And so I've been using my knowledge of scheduling and properly putting together like my day, uh, as a tattoo artist, which I did again, I I did for, let's see, five. And so I was, I was tattooing for about seven years before I started streaming. So seven years of, you know, self-employment yeah. uh, leads you to a really good good job at scheduling yourself when you start <laughs> running other businesses too. So <laughs> Nice. Um, man, my, my brain's just not working right now. I, I had a okay. thought, you know, it, one just, of, it happens. One of those days. Yeah, yeah it does. Um, do you ever try to incorporate, uh, not necessarily tattooing, but possibly tattooing or any other like artistry in your your streams. Well, I have managed to design um, my own logo, a lot of my own uh, channel art. Uh, there is some channel art that's been done by some very wonderful artists as well. But um, even some, some of my emotes, I've designed myself for my channel. Oh, nice. And actually, um, every Tuesday on the channel, we do what's called Tat Tuesday, okay. where I will post I will post about it on Twitter. People will be able to go in there and make suggestions. I will then go in and I will draw a piece of digital art for them live on stream uh, based on the suggestions. And uh, the person whose suggestion it was that I draw, I give them the I give them the art. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so how- it gives me it gives me a lot of chances to give back to the people who are willing to spend their time with me. So, yeah, that's awesome. How closely related are like drawing and tattoo artistry i feel like you would have to be pretty good at drawing to be able to tattoo i would say probably for the first five years you are far more of a technician than you're an artist um that having the skills to be able to produce artwork is extremely important especially in the later years but at the very beginning you're fighting a lot with learning the the technical aspects of what our job is Mm -hmm. which is a lot of like how does this machine work? What do the, how do the inks work? Does the, like there's little things that most people don't even put, take into consideration. Um, everybody's skin is very different. Hmm. And so a 21 year old male who spent his entire, you know, teenage years in the sun is going to have far less, you know, accepting skin than 18 year old girl who is, redheaded and has never seen the sun in her life Mm. those are very different skin types that you're working on and then you get all the way up to 70 year old woman who's getting her first tattoo 
And of course, that's a very different skin as well. And so you have to learn over the years, like, how do you treat these skins and how do you treat them differently? Hmm. Same with uh, when you change machines and you're using different size needle groupings and you change inks. Some inks have higher viscosity, which will uh, create a quicker saturating tattoo and other ones are lower. And so they're easier to blend. And there's a there's a bunch that goes into learning the trade long before you ever get to be like fancy art piece. Um, and yeah. So you have to you have to really be careful, especially early on, because uh, the first time you do one that's really good is the first time you're about to mess up the next one <laughs> because uh, there's this like certain level of of confidence that you start building and then sure. you realize quickly that not everything's the same. Right. And so it's about learning to, to think on your feet. And once you've been doing that for about five-ish years, you really start getting into the artistry section of it. Okay. But man, it's a, it's a lot of work to learn, especially. Sure. Sure, yeah. it sounds like it. Um, what, so what happens when you mess up a tattoo? Cause that from, from what <laughs> I understand, you can't just like erase it, you know, with a little eraser. That's uh, a yeah, slightly no. permanant. It's <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're, uh, the best thing you can do when you mess up a tattoo is don't. Um, sure. okay. So, uh, next yeah. best is <laughs> next, next best thing is recognizing the error, figuring out what needs to be done and what can be done with the error. And honestly, informing the person you're working on what has happened and what needs to be done to make it the look the best that can be done. Mm. Um, if you try to hide it, it will be found and people will hate you. Uh, and so you need <laughs> to be true. as upfront and honest about everything that you're doing, especially with tattooing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Have you ever thought about doing a tattoo on a stream or I guess bringing the stream to the tattoo? The, the hardest part about tattooing online, especially when it comes to the platform like Twitch, is there is a whole lot of rules mm. about what can and can't be seen. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. And so there's a lot of gray area for tattooing on what what you can get away with. And so I've, I've managed to avoid it for, for five <laughs> years now because I really don't know what levels of trouble I could end up in. So I always want to try to keep it to the art side on this. And then if they want to see some of my tattoo work, I have pictures of it on Instagram. <laughs> okay. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Let's, let's send you away to a place made for pictures uh, yeah. rather than here. That's yeah. No, that's, that makes sense. Um, well, cool. Very cool. Do you have, um, what kind of tattoo? I assume you have tattoos that that's oh, yeah. probably a bad assumption on my part. Uh, but I would just, I don't know. It's like, I don't even have a good analogy for that. But um, what kind of tattoos do you have? What's uh, one of your favorites? What kind of, what you got going on? I am covered, and I'm covered by a wide variety of styles because I primarily let whatever person's about to tattoo me tattoo me in whatever style that they want. Hmm. And I generally let them do um, pretty much wherever wherever they think it'll fit best. So, like, one of my favorites is the one that's on the side of my head. I know you can't see it right now because... No camera, um, <laughs> but I have a humongous tiger on the side of my head and it's, it's simultaneously become, it's, it's pretty traumatic cause it was a, it was the most painful tattoo I've ever had. Ooh. Um, but it's also very, very, uh, almost like a, like a, 
very distinguishing factor for me. It's really easy to pick me out of a crowd now. Um, <laughs> no one's ever like, oh, that's the other guy with the tiger that's on the side <laughs> of his head. Yeah, like, it's just one of those things that, you know, you you know me when you see me, if you've ever met me. Um, yeah. And so it's one of my favorites just because, one, it was just torturingly awful uh, to get. And then and that sort of like, you know, builds this big attachment to a situation because you're like, I suffered through that. That was sure. worth it. Yeah. And then, too, it's extremely iconic of me now. So it it's kind of hard to not love something that, you know, gets people to really recognize you when they see it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you have any video game related tattoos? I have multiple. My first video game related tattoo was my foot. I got a old school Nintendo controller, the old gray, black and red buttons. Yeah. Yeah. I have one of those on my foot and it says, don't hate the playa. Um, <laughs> because humor is pretty much 90% of what I do. Uh, and then after that, I've got a bunch of other random ones. Uh, I've got a little Umbreon one from Pokemon on my calf. I've got a left for dead zombie hand with a gun on my, on my other calf. I've got the destiny Sunbro Titan hammer on my thumb. I mean, I just got them everywhere. I got random nice. stuff everywhere. I don't even know where to start on some of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, there'll, there'll be links uh, in the show notes for your Instagram so people can, yeah. can check all that kind of stuff out. Um, so I, I was writing down a question uh, and I realized that like a lot of tattoos in video games suck. Uh, oh, yeah. Like they're, they're generally either, I don't know, like somebody just kind of posted a, a JPEG on a character's body uh, yeah. or it's just like the super generic, like tribal tattoo. Oh um, yeah. And I'm, people can't see me, but I'm doing air quotes right now, uh, right. you know, around somebody's bicep or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it got me wondering, are there any tattoos in video games that you actually like of characters? I, like, I can't even think of a good example of characters with tattoos. Uh, so if you don't have one, don't feel bad, but I just had to know. There are a few. Okay. Um, most recently, Call of Duty, um, they are they are masters of their microtransaction. They've really <laughs> nailed it this time with uh, with what they have to offer. As far as like, you know, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and Warzone, they've added a bunch of characters because now you can select operators. And so your character looks different, but, you know, they can sell you extra cosmetics so your character can look even more different. Right. Um, most recently, they added a character called Ronan. And Ronan has two traditional Japanese uh, tattoo sleeves. He, and they are actually really well done. They're um, it's a dragon that goes across the thing, but it follows all of the all of the correct stylizations that you're supposed to do for a traditional Japanese dragon sleeve. Uh, proper wind bars and direction, and the dragon's face. And so, I mean, as a guy who you know does the stuff, it's really nice to see them actually take and put the effort into to find a proper representation of it. Of course, you know, at the same same point, it's it's a very generic version of it because it does the, you know, dragon head on one side, dragon tail on the other side. Mm. And so it's one of those ones like, if I were an artist, I would talk them, like if I was the artist doing that one, I would talk them directly out of that tattoo. <laughs> you never want to have one tattoo that, can, that just goes all the way across because where, what do you do with the body that like crosses over? Like there's just this giant gap in where this tattoo is actually existing mm. because 
well, does it go across his back or his chest or does it twirl or does it is it just a, like a straight line of dragon across the side? There's a lot of stuff that goes weird with that. Yeah. Uh, but all the parts that you can see look great. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what's awesome. <laughs> nice. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Well, speaking of Call of Duty, um, I guess we can talk about, you know, some of the uh, the games that you've streamed. Uh, I guess, mm-hmm. first of all, you know, 2020, we're almost halfway through this year, which is nuts. We are. Uh, what's, what's been some of your favorite games that you've played so far? Some of my favorite games that I've played this year. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Apex Legends. Um, Respawn Entertainment made that, and they're part of the EA franchise-styled stuff. Uh, Apex Legends is a ton of fun. It's another Battle Royale, just like the uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, I've been playing a bunch of Call of Duty Modern Warfare as well. And then also played quite a bit of Valorant while it was in its closed beta. I think the actually the closed beta ends in like two days, but uh, Valorant was a ton of fun too, and that's by Riot. Same people who made like League of Legends. I play that in my off time because, I don't know, I guess I want to be tortured. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, those have, those have been my, primarily my three uh, shooters I've played in 2020. I played quite a bit of Battlefield Five okay. um, last year. Uh, as I, I work with EA every so often to, um, you know, promote some of their games. Uh, sure. I just like the guys at EA. They've always been super nice to me. Yeah. And so I, I really enjoy their titles too. So That's awesome. Um, how does that, how does that look, uh, kind of on your end when you're, uh, doing promotional stuff for companies like EA or whatever the case may be? Uh, what's like, I don't know. Are you, are you just playing the game, trying to, to build up some interest in it by allowing people to see the game being played or what? Um, I don't know. I guess what, what are you usually doing in those situations? So usually for me, I only really play things that I care to play. Um, I, I've never I've never really like sought out a company to play their game because I think that somebody might pay me for something later down the road. Mm. I generally want to be able to get access to these titles and play them more because it's something that I actually enjoy and I want other people to see what the enjoyment can be with it as well. Um, So when I get these access to these games, I want to give people something to look forward to Mm. if I get it early or I want someone to be able to get, you know, some of the like top level like tips and tricks early so that way they can actually enjoy some of the like more nuanced parts of the game. Um, I played a lot of Apex Legends, especially when it first came out. And if you had never played in like the Titanfall universe, like Titanfall 1 or 2, you wouldn't know a lot of the little odd nuances that like exist in the Apex Legends universe because that's part of the Titanfall universe as well. And so being able to be like, you know, this is a this is a game that exists in that universe. And here's some of the really cool stuff that that exists across them. And uh, it just it just gives me the the ability to really show people why they should be excited and what they what they should do when they start playing. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. So you I assume uh, you generally focus on multiplayer oriented games and and play multiplayer over the uh, any sort of single player content. Uh, I just I stopped playing single player games about the time Goldeneye came out because there was there was something that was just irreplaceable about being able to sit in a in a room with your friends and play a game together and you know 
talk crap to each other, who's oh, yeah. winning, who's losing. And so there was there was just like no replacing that after that started. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, except for, you know, the evil stuff that Mario Party was. Like the rest of the games are <laughs> a lot of fun. Um <laughs> You know, you won't, or Mario Kart. That's how you ruin real friendships and stuff too. That's true. That it's basically Monopoly. any Mario yeah. game. Yeah, <laughs> Monopoly. True. That one too. Yeah. So basically, you just don't believe any game that has a a mascot of a man with a mustache. Ah, um, okay. Yeah. That's that's, probably, that's probably a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so then it went on to games like Halo and Call of Duty. Uh, all those games that allowed you to really just connect with your friends, uh, especially once it became like the the golden standard to be playing online with them. Mm-hmm. It just gave me the the ability to, you know, hang out with my friends other than the standard, you know, time at school. Right. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So um, so what are you playing right now, I guess, generally on your, your streams? Mostly right now, a lot of Apex Legends and Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Okay. Um. Do you stick with They're, the uh, Warzone multiplayer on Modern Warfare, or you what all are you dabbling in there? When the game first came out, I of course it didn't have Warzone yet, so I only right. played the standard multiplayer. Um, but I made it a point to unlock every gun and every attachment for every gun in the game. So now I'll, I'll occasionally go back to the regular multiplayer to unlock one of the new weapons and all the attachments for it. But most of the time, I'm usually pr- playing on like Warzone. Okay. I like. I like BRs. They're stressful, and I guess I need more of that in my life or something. <laughs> uh, nice, very cool. Yeah, uh, I have. I personally have not really dabbled in those. I don't. I don't play a ton of multiplayer games because, like you said, like there. I don't know. For me, there, there's nothing really that replaces that, uh, like couch kind of co-op or multiplayer oh, experience, yeah. and even like online multiplayer. Like it just doesn't touch it. Uh, so recently I've been able to play some, what have we been playing? We've been playing, uh, Call of Duty World at War, um, okay, at, cool. at work some, so we'll, you know, do just like a, a four player match and like, that's just, that is way more fun for me than, uh, you know, playing online with a bunch of people. I have no idea who they are. Uh, I guess for, for me, if, if I don't know the people then I need to be good, like, like right. winning is what makes it fun. Uh, but oh, yeah. if you know the people, then you can still have fun even when you lose and, you know, just are absolutely terrible at the game. Um, and being silly. And and being silly, yes. That's that's yeah. absolutely necessary. So here's <laughs> here's here's the tip for that. Use the um I believe it's the car ninety eight in that one. If you take the scope off of it, it's one of the only rifles in the game that's a single shot that you don't need to iron or that you can use the irons on like that. Oh, interesting. And, and yeah, it it's really it's really good. Nice. <laughs> I will but try the, to hold on to that and, and hopefully uh, win a round. I think yeah. I've only won like two rounds in the last couple of months that we've played. I'm, I'm really terrible at Call of Duty. Just, <laughs> just don't let them hear it beforehand because I'd hate for them to get that that tip before. Oh, they, I'm sure they won't listen to the podcast. They're, they okay, good. They, they're fine. They're, <laughs> <laughs> they're off doing whatever they're doing. I don't know. They, um, but uh, okay, cool. Very cool. Um, so is, is that one of the things that you – I guess like to do, I mean, you were talking about kind of um, tips and tricks before a game comes out and kind of, you know, helping people find better ways to play the game. Is, is that one of the things that you really like to do of kind of digging in and, and kind of finding some of those secrets in the game that, you know, can make a, a difference for somebody? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I when I've done some of the things for like Battlefield, there's like 
you do Q&A stuff and you try to figure out like how can the game be better and what parts are bringing it down. And so when you start doing that stuff, then every game you start playing, you start trying to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of find the things that work a little bit better than they should. And so I, like I taught a bunch of people on battlefield, how to, how, how to basically skip this entire revive animation when you're a medic. And I just continue to do these kind of things, like find ways to break the game and benefit of the people playing. Um, so, like, in Modern Warfare, I spend a lot of time with people will be like, I really like to use this weapon, um, but I don't know, how to, don't know how to build it, like what attachments to put on it. And then I can go through and I can kind of show them, like, if you want it to be close quarters, you use this, mid-range this, long-range that. And I, I go through and I explain to them why each of these things work. Hmm. That way, you know, it, I'm not just giving them some cut and paste information and they don't know what's going on. You know, it's, it's more of giving them the tools to be able to build it themselves. That way they're coming away with both information and a solution. So you're both giving somebody some fish and teaching them how to fish at the same yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm feeding them while teaching them. Yeah. Perfect. Nice. Very good. Um, now one of the other uh, kind of big aspects of your streams are working with uh, some different charities, including mm -hmm. St. Jude's and uh, I believe it's Stack Up. Yep. Um, how do how do those? How, well, I guess first, how did those partnerships kind of come about? Um, why why did you choose St. Jude's and Stack Up? So, I was part of a competitive gaming community by the name of Clan Lucky Strike. Uh, while I was in Clan Lucky Strike, I met quite a few wonderful people, one of which who went on to work with St. Jude. And so the St. Jude people have an event called St. Jude Play Live. And he sent me a message. He said, hey, we know that, you work, we, that you've done some of the charity stuff. We were wondering if you've considered working with anybody else. And of course, I always wanted to work with somebody else. So I was like, yeah, let's let's see what you have. And so he sent me the information about it. And I got to really looking at what they do and what they stand for. And so agreeing to help the Saint, help with the St. Jude uh, event was like it was a no contest. Like it was straight up easy, easy to do. Um, the entire premise of the St. Jude Play Live is a bunch of gamers. We get together. We stream to our platforms and we attempt to raise money for St. Jude. All the money, of course, goes towards uh, helping the children. One of the big things is like any child that goes to St. Jude for treatment, their family, them, and everyone that is part of it pay nothing for the entire treatment. Right. Um, they are put up in housing at the St. Jude facility. They are fed. There's no extra bills, no nothing. Every part of it is taken care of. And so a lot of the what we raise goes towards providing for these families so that they can spend every moment with their children while they're going through that. Mm. And so it's it's an extremely like heartwarming, extremely touching thing to just because they also have a summit every year, which we, of course, unfortunately didn't get to do this year because of all the coronavirus stuff. Right. But last year we went to the St. Jude research facility in Memphis, which is also their testing and treatment facilities as well. And like we got to go through the hospital and meet some of the children and really see what all they do there and see some of like what the money's gone towards and 
it's it's just a wonderful experience uh, to go out there and see all of it, and it feels really good to be able to do it. You know, um, yeah. work so hard building these communities, trying to work together uh, to then turn around and just try to make these these children's lives better is just is just awesome. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And I love working with that, and so and then I have I've always, especially as a tattoo artist, I I tattooed a ton of, of military, um, you know, military and tattoos seem to almost go hand in hand together. And so, um, I have a lot of friends who are prior military, current military, uh, or going off soon to be in the military. And so, uh, through playing all, uh, playing all the games I do, I've also met a lot of wonderful, um, veterans and people who, and one of which, uh, is the community organizer for Stack Up as well. And so I started working with them because I've always done local fundraisers for uh, for military and animal shelters. Hmm. Uh, but then he he gave me he gave me the link to be able to start working with with uh, the Stack Up. And Stack Up is awesome because they provide uh, entertainment and support for both uh, soldiers abroad and back home. So oh nice. okay. yeah. That's really cool. So, um, is that something that if somebody was interested in giving to that, do they need to wait for one of your um, streams, one of the events, or can they kind of give at any time? Um, both of them accept donations at any time. Obviously, if that's something that you see the streams that are going live and you want to donate while that's while that's live, that's great to see. It does help you know rally more people to really get into the spirit, uh, but. Honestly, if if you donate today or next year, it's amazing just to have the to have the ability to say, "Hey, I was able to help with something." So, yeah. Uh, so, how often do you usually do streams, um, like charity streams, like that? So, the St. Jude event is the St. Jude Play Live specifically is all this month. Okay. Um, and so I've been uh, five days a week, all month this month, uh, doing the St. Jude stuff. And then Stack Up actually has a drive similar in this month, and then they have another one. I think it's November, and they do their they do their second drive for that one. Uh, but both of them go all year long. Of course, these are just the targeted months because you know, obviously, if you have a good spearhead, you can keep carrying through. So right, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, so you kind of mentioned it uh, just a few minutes ago and talking about that the uh, uh, the conference and you know or I guess the the ability to go to St. Jude's and like see the kids and everything you weren't able to do because of the current situation. How are you doing mm-hmm. with um, the current situation? How has your you know your day job been at the uh, uh, you know at tattooing? Uh, how has that been infected? not infected affected uh, yeah, no no infected no infected <laughs> ever um, <laughs> um well we were out of work for a while i suppose okay. um we didn't we didn't get to actually go back to tattooing until let's see what was it the basically cinco de mayo okay cinco de mayo was was the first day we actually got went back and of course, all of it got canceled uh, sometime in March. Yeah, like March 31st. So we were out for about a m- almost a month and a half. 
before we were able to actually continue working again. So, I mean, I spent the majority of my time, of course, just streaming instead of tattooing. So now that we're back to tattooing, I'm back to doing both. Awesome. Weird question. Has anybody requested any sort of coronavirus-related tattoos since they've since you guys have reopened? No one yet, okay. but there is... There is always a chance that it's going to happen. <laughs> like I'm wait, I'm waiting for somebody to want to get like a Corona bottle tattooed on them or something, <laughs> like Corona 2020. And I'd be like, oh man, this will be awful, but I'll totally do it. <laughs> it's like you're paying me to do this, so I mean, yeah, but this is a terrible idea, man. This is <laughs> yep. yeah. That's usually what I start it with. Is this is a terrible idea, but it'll I'm, be funny. I'm not gonna say no. So yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. As long as I keep it in a place that's hidden, I won't usually buck back about it too much. But <laughs> they start doing something dumb that's that's visual. I'm like, mm, let's let's pump the brakes a minute. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Has have you ever just refused uh, to do a tattoo because you're like, this is just a terrible idea. You really should not. I've refused a few. The majority of them are unfortunately racist and i just can't have it um yeah it's it sounds like one of those things where you're like well of course why would you want to do that um but of course you know somebody somebody has to get it done somewhere and it's just not going to be me um but you've seen them i know everybody's seen the tattoos that you're like who allowed you to get that (laughs) um yeah and so i i've turned down a lot of those over the years i mean 12 years probably only like six or seven and then I've turned down a few that are just really bad ideas with really bad placement. Um, I, I've turned down uh, like children's portraits on women's lower backs. I'm like, you don't, you don't want to do this. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Do- <laughs> <laughs> like nothing good is coming from this right now. Don't do this. Um, I've turned down, you know people wanting their significant other, I say significant other, they're pretty insignificant. Like they've been dating for like a week, like (laughs) names on stuff and uh, wanting to get extremely vulgar statements on their, on like their neck. And I'm like, you've got no other tattoos. What are you doing? (laughs) Like, I, I get it that like, you know, somebody somewhere peed in your Wheaties, but let's not do this. <laughs> you know, like, I don't I don't know what, how you got to this point. And those are the same people that are like, I got a cousin who will do it in his basement for $12. I'm like, then don't come to me for it. I, like, <laughs> this, uh, is not, this is not good for anybody. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I used to work in IT, and um, oh, okay. I would have yeah. people come in, you know, they want you to fix their computers. Like, well, my nephew, he's really good with the Facebooks. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, he says he can do this for $20. It's like, well, then don't bring your computer to me. That's like, right. I'm not your nephew. I'm not like, I know what I'm doing. So if, right. if you only want to pay $20, take it away. Um, we we have set prices. This is not, not negotiable. Oh, yeah. It's not the barter system. Um, that's... <laughs> It's a mess, man. Yeah. That, that kind of stuff is a mess. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's all the questions that I have about uh, streaming. And so that means it is time uh, and tattooing, I guess. We've, I think we may have actually talked about tattooing more than we did about video games. That's weird. Um, Intertwined is yeah, what we do. It is. It is. Yeah. 
But um, so the final section of the the podcast is one that we call the end game, and uh, it's relatively simple questions, but they get increasingly more difficult. Uh, the okay. first one is if you could go out for drinks with one video game character, who would you like it to be? One video game character? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a video uh, game character comes to life and you get to go have drinks with them. Be a drinking buddy. Or okay. go on a date if, if that's your thing, but I, I'm just thinking more drinking buddy. So. Um, Probably uh, Joanna Dark, hmm. and that's from Perfect Dark on Nintendo 64 because outside of my wife, it's probably the woman I've spent the most time with in my life. <laughs> um. I've I've put more hours in Perfect Dark on Nintendo 64 than probably almost any other game on that platform. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Okay. If you could replay a video game again for the first time and get that that first time experience again, you don't have to worry about it aging poorly. You can literally replay anything and it will be as good as the day that you first played it. What would you like that game to be? Halo 2. Ooh. That's a good choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it was it's where so many of my gaming friends ever came from, and man, that oh, that ha- game is just a masterpiece. Half of my Xbox friends, I have not played a video game with them in what fifteen years now. Yeah, uh, but th- we became friends with Halo Two. Yeah. Halo Two, <laughs> and I refuse to delete them, even though I have no idea who they are. It's um, like last <laughs> online three hundred and seventy-two days ago. Right. You're like, okay, cool. <laughs> Uh, it's like I'm not still not deleting you. You're no. You're still real to me. Um, yeah, it's a that's a good game. But I I remember uh, both me and a friend pre-ordered Halo Two. Um, mm-hmm. I had ordered mine online. He had uh, pre-ordered his at Blockbuster, and so oh. we went to a a Halo One like little tournament thing in the evening, yeah. and we played that. Uh, and then at you know what twelve oh one or whatever. Um, I think, let's see, did, I want to say Blockbuster closed at like 10, or did they close at midnight? Uh, I want to say that we actually got it technically before the day it came out, um, because it was the end of their day, and so we went back to to his house, and we played, uh, what, I guess through the the first Arbiter missions Mm -hmm. um, that night, and then got up and went to school the next day. (laughs) With nice. Like yeah. An hour or two of sleep. It was poor choices were made, but when you're what, like 15, you know, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, I survived. Yeah. See. <laughs> um, what is a a blind spot that you have in video games? Uh, a particular franchise, genre, series, whatever the case may be, that you haven't played, and you feel like you need to, or you just really want to, you know, something kind of on your your backlog per se. Um blind spot i feel like i feel like it's runescape i feel like people have always told me that you're like oh you gotta play runescape and i'm just i I just never did it like and at this point like it's been re-released again or something like i actually have a i have a bag sitting behind me right now it's like runescape mobile coming (laughs) i'm like i just I, i never i never touched it like i just feel like everybody i've ever met in gaming like if i said runescape is just gonna have like a like a gaming like breakdown if i told him i didn't play it so that's always funny. runescape yeah okay yeah that's good that's good i've never played runescape either so okay we're together else. yeah yeah 
Two of us uh, yep. against the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is a, uh, a good trend in video games? Uh, or maybe not video games, maybe more in the, the streaming realm. Uh, but what's a, it's a good trend that you like and you would like to see more of? Um, more, more streaming platforms getting recognition. Um, nothing. Okay. So the Roman Empire controlled the world for a long time. Like it wasn't until we got other empires that other pe- that other co- other you know countries started to like actually grow because the Romans just owned everything. Right. So uh, same thing with like YouTube. You know, YouTube owns everything. Like if 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 YouTube if YouTube says no, like everybody else is like, yeah, I guess they're right. Um, <laughs> and so like we yeah. need we we've been getting more companies that have been getting into the streaming into the streaming platform. We've got. Twitch now, we've got Mixer, we've got Facebook, we've we've had like DLive, we, we've had a bunch of different companies that come in and attempt to create a certain level of growth. Uh, YouTube is in streaming and everything like that too. Um, but without proper competition, you know, everybody is just kind of like stuck with whoever the biggest dog is saying whatever's right and what's wrong. Uh, so I, I think that we need we need more and more companies that are willing to come out and be like, hey, this is what we're doing, you know. That way, that way, everybody grows because without competition, nobody's forced to get better at it. So, absolutely, absolutely, and it, it's kind of weird when you said YouTube. I was like, well, but then there's Twitch, but it's like, right. well, yeah, that that company's owned by Amazon, who mm-hmm. you know their CEO is going to be the first trillionaire. So they're right. just a you know little up and comer. They're they're no big threat oh, yeah. or anything. So those guys, yeah, those tiny <laughs> tiny little company. Um, yeah. yeah, no, definitely, absolutely. Um, okay. Uh, kind of flipping the, uh, the coin, um, on its head. Yep. If there was, if there's a bad trend or a bad trope in video games and or streaming, uh, what's something that you would like to see less of, or it just go away entirely? And hands down cancel culture. Mm. Um, and it extends even further past, you know, streaming itself, but, uh, streaming, streaming has seen a whole lot of it which is where people are far more obsessed with things that are that, of getting rid of people than they are of empowering people. Mm-hmm. I think if we spent more time, you know, hyping up the people that are doing really cool things or for streaming or for their communities or what they're doing and we spent less time talking about the people who are doing the things that are that we don't like, I think we would stop encouraging people to intentionally make negative press for themselves yeah because it spreads so much faster it just does so yeah cancel culture i hate that stuff okay uh good answer a lot of people like to just go with microtransactions or, or something along those lines it's like no okay just be, be original come up with so, something else <laughs> yeah uh guilty guilty party right here uh i am i am the reason why uh microtransactions exist <laughs> um there's a wonderful game called warframe uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, love that game. Um, I've probably got $2,000 in Warframe. Uh, free to play, of course, so why not spend a bunch of money on it? Um, <laughs> same thing, like League of Legends. I've I've probably got way too much money in it. Uh, Call of Duty Warzone, too much money in it. Like, I'm the guy, like, Apex Legends, free to play. Don't care. It's like, <laughs> I got like $1,000 in it. I, I don't know why, but every time something's like, yeah, no, it's free. You should, you, yeah, just play whatever you want. If you want to throw us a couple of dollars, it's okay. And I'm like, here's a thousand. 
Just give me everything. <laughs> like, I'm the reason why the, it should it, why they shouldn't exist, but they work perfectly well. Um, so, so we yeah. should all just blame you. Gotcha. Yeah, it's my right, fault. Hundred cool. percent. Yeah. Good to know. Sorry about it's that. always good to know where to focus the blame. So that's yeah. that's good. I'm glad. I'm fine with taking the brunt of it because I know I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm glad you're okay with that. Yeah. Um, okay, so you have been tattooing for 12 years. You've been mm-hmm. streaming for five. Yep. Um, if there was any other profession that you could try, and this can literally be anything, you can be a world-renowned wine taster or an astronaut or, um, I, I don't know, something else that's equally as you know far apart from those two things as something right. else. Uh, but if you could do anything, what would you like to do? An actor. Hmm. Any particular type of acting? I want to be the bad guy. Bad guy, okay. I want to be the bad guy in action movies. Okay. Because I spend so much of my life trying to, like, do the good things and be the be the happy guy and be the, like, the person working with charities and fun and happy-go-lucky. I just, I just want to blow something up for <laughs> once, you know? Because like, I know I can legally do that if there's a, you know... A, a movie. Yeah. I can't walk outside and just blow up a car. That's probably going to get me arrested. That's yeah. true. Yeah, you'll yeah. you'll get in trouble for that. Definitely. Yeah, I'm just not about that. And like, I I already look creepy enough. Like, you know, <laughs> big tattoo on my head, covered in them. Like, I got this big old bushy beard thing. I I look like I'm probably going to be a good Bond villain. I mean, I'm not going to have a name. I'll probably die in the third act from some random bullet. But it's whatever. I mean, I'd still want to do it. You know, okay. just once. Very nice. Okay. Yeah. What's uh what's your favorite villain in a movie? Favorite villain in a movie. Ah, that's hard. Um I don't know. I like Doctor Evil a lot. Mm. Okay. Um because I love comedy and he's still he's he's a terrible villain obviously, but I think that the I think that he plays such a I, I think he plays such a good villain in a movie where you know he's supposed to not be successful about anything <laughs> because you know he's still the bad guy the whole time but like everything's just funny right. like so yeah and so I, I i i like a little evil humor okay you know? yeah nice all right and uh that brings us to our final question um so say you get to go have drinks with joanna dark you get to ask okay. her one question and she responds what is your question and what is her response? Um, so if you haven't played the game, this question this question is going to sound weird. But okay. what does Elvis feel like? So Elvis is the alien okay. in Perfect Dark. That's, what, that's what I was thinking. It's been a long time, yeah. and I never actually beat Perfect Dark. But I was okay. like, that's the, that's the alien, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. and so like, I want to know what his skin feels like. Okay. Because that is, I mean... That's one of those things I can't figure out for myself sure. at any point. Sure. You know. All right. What What does she say? Probably rough. I expect him to feel like I expect him to feel like uh like if you had sandpaper and alligator skin together. Oh, okay. That's a that's a combo. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. I would Im- I would imagine aliens would have to have that kind of like rough skin to exist in what would be like a completely pressurized existence inside those ships for any extended period of time mm-hmm. like i don't imagine that like you would walk out of that with like the world perfect skin regiment you know <laughs> just like el- it's like el- uh, alligator elbow it's just it's just not going to be good yeah 
Okay, that's fair. That's why they're always angry and they attack New York. Because they're, they're like, I've got dermatitis. And it's just... <laughs> I can't get tattoos. My skin's too tough. Yeah, uh, so they're all just mad. Yeah. Just like Godzilla. Right, it's, yeah. Because it's got dry skin. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. All right, well, Chris, that does it for the show. Thank you so much for uh, for sitting down with me and chatting about video games and streaming and tattooing and, mm-hmm. you know, the texture of alien skin. Uh, of it's course. It's been a good time. Important um, questions. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if people want to find out more about you, where can they where can they find you at on the interwebs? Find me pretty much anywhere.com slash fireborn with the exception of Instagram. It's uh, Instagram.com slash fireborn underscore ENT because it covers the entertainment value both of tattooing and of streaming. Hmm. Uh, I am on Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all of those at Fireborn. So, Fantastic. Well, there will be links for all that kind of stuff in the show notes for this episode um, so that people can find you there. Uh, thanks again, and uh, best of luck as, I guess, you know, we hopefully are returning to somewhat normal society, and you already have, but continue to get to tattoo people, um, yeah. and you don't, you know, just have to stay at home playing video games, although I guess hard that's, life. yeah, that's not the worst thing, so, <laughs> um, so thanks again, and um, yeah, uh, have a good one. You too. You too.